drunk with wine, wearing his excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Low Thirst 
you have this fitness life. The prodigal son has prodigal returned home. Has he has been fed. He has been clothed. Not a servant. Now, now a son. Yeah. Oh, good evening, everyone. So good to have you guys around. Yeah, I'm always excited when we have an opportunity to learn. I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner, and the beautiful thing about these things is, as I'm teaching, I'm also learning. So uh, we'll just give, um, we'll just give uh, other members of the community some few more minutes to join, and then we'll start. We have a lot to cover today. And trust me, you don't want to miss it. If you have people you want to invite, invite them. Even if they're not members of the community, invite them. We're going to have a wonderful time, right? So let's give them a few more minutes and then we would, we would commence. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. your presence please click the like button so i know how many people are here click the like button like click the like click the like the like like button half like the stream share Beautiful time this beautiful evening. Mm. Invite your friends. 
whom he said, This is the rest. Invite people. May cause to be with rest. And this is the refreshing. Gonna be a man. Shown the palace to Pando Brandade. He's to Panamandos. Shankan Tembrandi, the bones can talamando. Framing in us. I am one with Christ. I am joined to Christ. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am in the fullness of the Father. I am drenched in the overflow. This is where I live. I am at home in his fullness. My eyes are flooded with light. I am washed by the Spirit's rain. Taking off the water. I'm taking up, I'm drinking up full. Never thirst again, never thirst again. That's what it is, it's who I am. Let's get into it. Good evening, beautiful people. So good to have you guys here for another Conquering Degrees session this beautiful year of 2022 all right so we'll just we'll get into what we have for today because we have a lot to cover and i i I intend to wrap this first phase up because from next week we are entering into a new phase of this discussion remember that we said at the beginning of the quarter that we're dealing with spiritual growth as a theme for this quarter and under spiritual growth we'll be looking at spiritual progress mental transformation growing wealth and physical health right and you know the the unique thing about today's session is that i'm going to somehow be talking about um spiritual growth uh mental transformation in a shadow and a little bit about physical health but we are still trying to wrap up the beginning phase of this particular this particular uh, series and in fact next week we were supposed to start the law of mental transformation, but uh, next week is a little is going to be a little bit different because it's going to be an interactive session, and we're going to have it on Google Meet. So we're going to be we're going to be it's going to be a forum, and it's going to be for two hours. Well, it's going to everybody's going to be answering the question: How has your growth experience been, especially since twenty twenty two began? And, you know, how has your journey with Conquering Degrees impacted you? You know, it will be an opportunity for everyone to share their experience and, you know, also be able to teach other people. Because in a community like this, when we have, you know, the opportunity to share with one another, it's, um, we, we learn more, right? There's more, there's more range in terms of what we can learn from each other and things like that. 
right? So next week is going to be interesting. It's going to be a forum session and it's going to be how has your growth experience this year been? And everybody will get the opportunity to share and teach us something very important. All right. So today we're looking at uh, still on spiritual growth. We're looking at growth markers, how to measure growth, growth markers, how to measure growth. And then after this and next week, we'll now go into the law of mental transformation. Now, previously last week, we learned a few things that I want to recap before we go into the lesson of, for today. Number one, we learned that growth was designed to happen organically. That means that the seed principle shows that growth cannot be and should not be forced. You know, if, if you've been paying attention, you would notice that I've been mentioning seed a lot. An environment seed and environment and that's because seed or the principle of seed teaches us about growth right and we said that growth is a, is a product of the synergy between the seed and the right environment not just any environment but the right environment right so we've been talking a lot, a lot about seed and I've given several examples of what a seed might represent a seed might be an idea it might be a mindset it might be a culture it might be a spirit it might be you as an individual on this earth as a seed right good and number two we said that the seed is the principle of growth that in application it suggests that it suggests or a seed there can also suggest a series of interconnected instructions by which we must live our lives right because within a seed is the dna of that seed and the dna is a code that contains instructions on how that particular seed is going to grow right for example the seed contains for example a mango seed contains the color of the of the tree the color of the leaves how high it will grow and all those plenty things right so within the dna you have instructions right that will guide the growth of that particular seed right so you can see seed is a series of interconnected instructions by which we must live our lives right and we also said and let me even say i hope we i hope you guys have a, a note for conquering degrees because me i do <laughs> i hope you've been right because at the end of this concrete degrees everybody's going to write the exam <laughs> now let me say this conquering degrees is a pathway it is not the end. It is the pathway to the broader community. So, <laughs> there is going to be an exam. This is a growth community, but don't worry. Nobody, nobody is going to fail. This is a growth community, and there is accountability, and there is measurement. We should be able to measure our growth and things like that. Right? Good. And also, some of you will become faculty or the facilitators for the next Conquering Degree session. Right? So... Um, um, I anticipate that um, you're taking this seriously because your lesson notes will be the notes that you're going to use to also teach other people that are going to be that are going to go through the Conquering Degrees um, program next year. Right. I hope this is clear so far. Please let me know while I continue. Right. So we also said last week that our mindset is a sort of environment and that mindset is affected by knowledge. And I said this to say that teaching is very important because it offers us the opportunity to learn, to increase knowledge, right, to grow in wisdom and understanding. Right. So our mindset is a sort of environment. So when we submit ourselves to teaching and to learning, 
we are creating the right environment for 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 us to grow for our potentials to thrive right we also said we also pointed out that the seed speaks of the influence that is at work in you and we said that every man alive on this earth has an influence and at work in them whether they know it or not whether they know it or not right there is an influence so we've been talking about seed environment seed environment in fact the time will come i'll talk about harvest mindset because when there is seed and there is environment there will be harvest let me even quickly say this that some of the things you're experiencing now are harvests of seeds that that was planted or that you planted in your heart many years ago and what people don't realize is that when you plant the seed today it might show up in the next 10 years so you might it might show up in the next 10 years and you're wondering where is this coming from but if you have an intelligent system of tracking those things you'll be able to tell when that seed was sown inside of your life right hmm interesting i just remember the particular story i don't know if i should tell the story okay <laughs> this is a story for another day but you see how that certain things that are outcome in our lives are simply harvests of seeds that have been planted in our lives over the years right so that those are the things we said so the theme was around seed and environment and all that so today we're going to be concentrating a little bit on the environment because we've talked about seed we're going to be looking a little bit on the environment and then talk about growth markers how to measure growth and things like that right so for today there are a few things that i want you to take note of right um Number one is that all human activities fall into one spectrum. It's like when you draw a straight line, you know, and it's like one stream. It's like one line, one spectrum. So if you draw a straight line, at, at one end, you write spiritual. At the other end, you write physical. And in the middle, you write mental. So life is that one line. And the acti- human activities are scattered across this stream called life. Some activities are spiritual, some activities are physical, and some activities are mental. But they are, all, they, are, they are just on one line, one stream. That means that spiritual activities can affect mental activities, can affect bodily activities. Bodily activities can affect mental, men, mental health and things like that. So your life is just one stream, right? And, at, and these, are, these activities, they can either empower or disempower you spiritually, mentally, or physically right and knowledge of these activities that can empower you and the application of the same determines how you grow and what you grow into right so there are a few things that i want you to note i want you to consider as we prepare to get into what we have for today few things i want you to consider if possible please write these things down a few things i want you to consider number the first one is a question now would you rather pretend that you are growing would you rather feel as though you are growing when you are not? Would you rather give people the impression you are growing or do you actually want to grow? You see, because you can give people the impression that you are growing, but when we measure your life as against your life yesterday, we cannot, or as, well as against your life, last five years, we may not be able to calibrate properly and see that you are growing in truth. So this is a question you need to ask yourself. Do you really want to grow or do you merely want to give the impression of growth? Think about that as you proceed because this is very important. So a few things for you to consider. The second one is to experience true growth, you must kill the compulsive desire to prove a point to 
anyone. I've, I, I learned this. I learned this in life that the desire, the compulsive desire to prove a point to any and everyone will kill your growth experience. Think about it for a moment. So to experience true growth, you must kill the compulsive desire to prove a point to anyone. Because in trying to prove a point to anyone, you are not internalizing the lessons. You are not, you are not considering your life as against what is important. You are just simply trying to prove a point to someone. So one of the things that will help you grow better is to deal with that compulsive desire to prove a point to anyone. That's the second thing I want you to note. The third thing I want you to note, and this, this, these things are very important, and I'm giving to you in capsules like this so that you can take them and meditate on them individually. Number three is this. As, and as we go, I will, I will be able to explicate this particular point. The love for, the love for excessive spontaneity Right, you know, sp- spontaneous actions and things like that. The love for extreme sensuality, right, and the love for extreme stimulating experiences does not classify growth. It doesn't classify growth. Growth is slow. Growth is gradual. Growth is boring. This is the one that a lot of people don't want to agree with. Growth is very boring. And growth requires... Why is it boring? It requires consistency. Right? And most times, growth is painful and growth is uncomfortable. So if you are one that is given to excessive spontaneity, sensuality, and love for pleasure, too much pleasure, you may not grow as you ought to. Because some portions of growth... It's slow, gradual, it takes time, it's boring, and it requires high-level consistency. If I, I think someone asked me, asked a question about what consistency is, and the way I answered the person was that consistency is when you get comfortable in your boring routine, especially when you see that that boring routine is actually what makes for your growth. Growth is not necessarily exciting. It is boring, and sometimes it's just there. But when you take stock in retrospect, you will see that you've actually made progress compared to when you're just, you know, indulging in a lot of things, right? So those who indulge a lot extremely cannot really calibrate, you know, their growth, right? They usually have stunted growth and things like that. And the first thing I want you to take note of, you know, something for you to think about is that your ability... To get comfortable with the boring and consistent routine will aid your quest for growth. Your ability to get comfortable with that boring and consistent routine is what will aid your quest in growth. Yes, it will aid your your quest in growth. And number five is that human beings are multidimensional. That means that it is wise for you to figure out the best strategy for multidimensional growth. Right? So, for example, you are spirit, soul, and body. Under your soul, you have a lot of departments. In your physical life, you have a lot of departments. You have career, you have financial, you have all manner of growth. So, you must realize that you are a multidimensional being and that in your quest for growth, you must figure out the best strategy to incorporate multidimensional growth. 
right? And you must do it at the same time because if we're going to pick a lesson from the body, right? And I've I've said this thing before here. I can't remember if it's here or somewhere else. That if you take food to eat, for example, if there is food before you, maybe rice or fufu and a goosey soup, <laughs> which is my <clears throat> okay, a goosey soup, right? And you don't take that a goosey soup and you say I'm eating this food now for my leg to grow, and then tomorrow you now eat another another food for the left 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 leg to grow and tomorrow you now eat another one for the right hand to grow no you eat one food and in the preparation of that food you consider all the possible nutrients so that as you put it inside your body your body has highly specialized systems that that um that processes that food and distributes it to all parts of your body and make sure that you grow in proportion right so also encoded within your dna are instructions to make sure that you grow in proportion so when you see people who are not growing proportionally then that means there is a defect somewhere so as a multi-dimensional being you must cook your food not just physical food now spiritual mental emotional physical and all those things to make sure that it's what it's multi-dimensional so that as you begin to feed yourself in your life right it affects every area of your life and let me say this as a principle as you do it in one place is how you do it everywhere right so if you are if you are not careful about your spiritual growth you may, you may not be careful about your your mental growth you may not be careful about your physical growth so you must take you know proper care of your spiritual and body by understanding that you're a multidimensional being now how do you do that first of all to make it simple you can classify your life into broad categories like spiritual and body and maybe sub subcategories like financial career relationship and things like that right and then identify the core of what growth in those areas will look like and then find out the activities that facilitate growth in those areas and then begin to apply them and then you now ask yourself how do i want to how do i choose to measure growth the reason you need to ask yourself how you choose to measure growth is that if you do not choose how you measure your own growth you may be lost trying to compare yourself with another person and it's possible that that other person is not going on the same path with you and someone who is not going on the same path with you may not necessarily grow as you are growing so you need to choose how you measure your growth and then you now ask yourself this question it's a very important question are there parts of my life that has the capacity to affect other areas if yes, identify those areas and then major on them. For example, if you notice that your prayer life affects your productivity at work, then by all means, make sure that you, you create a schedule around your prayer life to protect that prayer life. If you realize that sleeping well affects your productivity at work, please make sure you sleep well. So identify those areas in your life that has the capacity to affect other areas and, ident and what major on them and then protect those core very seriously right and don't forget that growth takes time growth takes time so as you grow right you will experience part of the things you experience as you grow is the power of elimination you know when we are growing up you know growing up as you know young people you know you get to a time in your life where you feel like you, you need a lot of friends and that if you don't have friends you are failing in life right and so there's peer pressure to join groups, gangs, and things like that because, you know, of that human need to belong. But as you grow, especially in your specialized path of life, you will experience the power of elim elimination, especially when quality is the goal. You will notice that you begin to yearn for simplicity 
because you will see that the things that matter are not many you will see that the things that matter are not many you will see that the things that makes for your peace are not plenty this is when you realize right and this is when you realize that the mastery of the fundamentals is actually what makes you an expert what makes you an expert in any area of your life is the mastery of the fundamentals the very few things that matter the way paul said it is this one thing i do right i forget the things that are behind and i press forward so there is this particular goal in front of me and then i channel all my energy to achieve that goal when you realize that what matters in life is not plenty right it is then and and within that realization you begin to ask yourself questions like what do i really desire right what is the source of true satisfaction what is the source of true meaning right and when we begin to find answers to these questions that is when we begin to truly live our lives until we figure out that question we may not harness our, our energy and focus it on doing the most important things one of the major problems of of growing is the dispersion of energy in fact one of the things that i'm i'm going to teach my sons and my and my daughters is how to channel energies to do the most important things how to channel their energy to do the most important thing and you know one of the things that we believed growing up is that we had infinite energy but the moment you enter the third floor you realize that in fact i don't know there's something that just happens when you clock 30 you just suddenly realize that you don't have time again now it's not as if now 50 years is a long, a long time for example maybe if you plan to live 50 more years or 60 more years you realize that it's a long time but it's as if it now becomes shorter but when you are in your 20s it now feels as if you have a lot of time and a lot of energy but the moment you cross that three zero you just have a sense of urgency so imagine if there was a system that taught us how to maximize energies at that 20s and i thank god i started early even 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 starting early, some I feel I felt that certain things I didn't channel my energy right. But these are lessons we learn. So when you realize that your energy is finite, you are not Superman. You are not. The immortality that you have is in your spirit, it's not in your body. You the body will perish and die. It is in the new heavens and the new earth that we will have new bodies that have energy, infinite energy. But in this earth, you have finite energy and that means that you must manage that energy now there was a, a questionnaire i passed out long ago in this community it's about energy intelligence i'm preparing to teach us energy intelligence you know how to manage your energy with uh, across the timelines of your goals because energy intelligence is important right so you begin to channel your energy rightly and when you realize that you just choose few friends you choose few things to occupy your mind with. Choose few things to worry yourself about because you realize that peace of mind is better than proving a point to anybody. And then that's when you now begin to live life. See, that is why there is power in specialization. True wealth comes from specialization. When you specialize on a particular path and to specialize, you need to focus your energies on one particular path, right? These are the things we begin to learn as we begin to journey you know, take, take up the journey of growth. Now, there are a few more things I, I want you to also note as we prepare to get into what we have for today. Remember that I said the focus for today is environment and you're going to love it, right? Number one is our growth is silent. Growth is very silent. You know, as the plant is growing, you don't hear sound. But a fall is loud. 
growth is silent and a fall is loud. That means that when you are growing, people don't know. When that change is happening inside of you, nobody sees it. But when you fall or make a mistake, that one is very loud. Have you realized that? That when you are doing the, especially when you are doing the good things in life, it's as if it's not loud. But the moment you fall or make a mistake, that one is very loud. So note that growth is silent. So focus your attention on building growth silently, building yourself silently. Because that's the most important thing. Now, remember what I said when we started this series. And that thing I said is going to be the creed of this community, of the growth circle community. Remember that I said that the growth circle community is going to house conquering degrees. Now, there was something I said, and that will be our creed, because we will constantly remind ourselves the essence of our lives. So what we said was that the essence of my life, so I personalize it for us, right? So you write it like this, and this is our creed. The essence of my life is growth. The essence of my growth is expression. The essence of my expression is service. The essence of my service is glory to God goodwill towards men and value contribution to society at large so we see that as we grow silently right our growth affects people so we don't grow for the sake of growth we grow for the sake of god and for the sake of other people and at the end of the day we receive rewards for growing so the number two thing that we should also note is that growth starts with the seed and i've said that several times and it starts with the seed in the right environment and i keep emphasizing the right environment and that's what we're going to be focusing on today the right environment and the number three thing is that we experience progress when we take responsibility for nurturing ourselves for nurturing that seed for nurturing yourself spiritually mentally emotionally financially career-wise in different areas in different categories and subcategories of your classifications of your growth We make progress when we take responsibility for nurturing it. When you do not outsource it to someone else, when you take responsibility for your personal growth, right? And that's what personal leadership is all about. Taking personal responsibility for your own growth. And the number four, and the other thing you need to take note of is that the disposition of your heart represents the quality of the soil that decides what you get out of the seed. No matter how powerful the seed is, it is the environment that that counts, Right, so that means that if your heart is not right, if you don't have the right attitudes, let me put it like that, you are going to sabotage the quality of harvest that you get out of that seed, right? And another thing you need to th- we need to take note of is that spiritual growth, which is the core, I believe very strongly that it's the core, can be represented by us gaining mastery over the forces of life that engenders growth. There are several forces that aid growth. There are some forces that prevent it, right? So spiritual growth happens when we gain mastery over these forces and we know how to leverage it for our own good. And how we gain mastery is when we have awareness and when we also acquire true knowledge. And that's why teaching sessions like this are very important, right? Another thing you should take note of is that the hallmark of growth is the refining of your attitude. That is the hallmark of your growth. As we go, we'll understand why that is so, right? And so you move from a self-seeking, selfish person to a service-based human being, someone who seeks to serve others, someone who seeks to add value to society. That is the hallmark of growth, right? And I also said here that the spirit of God is the spirit of growth. Very important to note. 
and that of course growth is the characteristics of living things remember what we studied in biology mr niger d now it's mr niger cad right but the g there represents growth so if you're not growing you're not a living thing if you're not growing that means you're dying right so growth shows that you are alive and that you're living right remember that the essence of life is growth right so let's 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 take a little lesson from plants as we prepare to get into the main discourse for today now remember that popular popular concept called photosynthesis right it's simple the synthesis of light so that means that the plant has systems that can trap light energy and then convert it into chemical energy and that chemical energy is used to fuel cellular activities so that means from light to usable energy now what does how does that help us here right when we receive knowledge our ability to synthesize it into clear instructions and action points or an action plan is what can fuel our growth so as we're learning now right you can Take what you're learning and synthesize it and ask yourself, how can I take these things and apply it to my own personal life, right? So growth happens when there is photosynthesis, when there is the synthesis of light, when there is the synthesis of knowledge, because knowledge, light here also represents knowledge. When there is the synthesis of knowledge into action plans and clear instructions on how you ought to live your life, that is when you now begin to fuel your growth. When you have action points, action plans at the end of the day then you can now use that to fuel your growth so when we synthesize knowledge right we can now gain from it you know a lot of people learn and they, they don't take anything out of it that's because they don't know how to synthesize knowledge maybe one of these days we'll talk about practical ways on on how to synthesize knowledge and actually take something as complex as whatever and synthesize it into action plans or what you can do to make your life better if there's anything I thank God for, you know, teaching me is tactical learning, you know, being able to, to learn from anything and then synthesize it into, you know, usable action plans and use it to, you know, better your life, right? That's something for us to note. Now, I want to take a lesson from the human body because we are going to be using the human body as an example for studying what the right environment means. Now, you notice that the human body has like highly specialized and highly organized systems that work together. They work in concert to keep the body stable. For example, you have the digestive system, the re reproductive system, respiratory system, circulatory system, central nervous system. All these systems work together. They have specialized functions, but they work together to keep the body stable. Right. So I want you to picture the same way you have a physical body. Picture your spirit as a body. The same way you have a physical body with highly specialized systems. Picture your spirit as a body with highly specialized systems. Also, picture your mind as a body with highly specialized system. So the same way you have physical body, you have the mental body and the spiritual body. Now, I want you to think about it like that. So that as we talk about, you know, the environment, you will understand it within the context of the physical body. The same way your physical body has systems. For example, your body has the five senses, the central nervous system and the other systems. And these systems work in concert to help your body grow. In the same way, your mind, your, your mental body has the intellect, the will and the emotion. These are highly complex 
systems that work together to grow your mind. The spirit also has intuition, conscience, and fellowship. These are highly specialized systems that help your spirit grow. So think about your spirit in terms of a body. Think about your mind in terms of a body. Think about your emotions in terms of a body. Think about your body, your physical body, of course, in terms of a body. Because when you picture it like this, then you now know that the same way you feed your physical body, you need to feed your mental body, your mind in this case. You also need to feed your spirit, your, your spirit, your spiritual body. So think about it as bodies inside one person. Right? So it's possible for you to stunt the growth of your mind and your physical body is growing. So you might have a beautiful body, but your mental body is weak and not strong. Do you understand that? Right? Good. So think about it in terms of a body. And then we're going to now be using the body as a sample, right? To now teach how that your spiritual body, your mind can be sabotaged for growth or can be optimized, you know, for growth, right? So now let's enter into the main discourse. Now there is a concept in biology known as homeostasis. Homeostasis. If you're a science student, you will know this word. It's a very powerful word, and I'm going to explain it. Homeostasis. So homeostasis is about the environment. Now, what does homeostasis mean? Homeostasis is gotten from two words, homeo and stasis. Homeo means similar, and stasis means stable. Right? So the basic meaning is something that is at equilibrium. Something that is balanced, something that is standing still. So when you say you have achieved homeostasis, that means you have achieved equilibrium. You have achieved balance, right? So we're going to be looking at using the physical body to explain this concept, right? So what homeostasis is, is simply your body attempting to remain within a set of parameters that are relatively unchanging over time and the reason why it does that is to provide an environment for growth that means that there are there are highly specialized complex activities going on in your body just so that your body can be stable we'll see it as we go so what that means is that for a seed to grow for growth to happen for your body to actually grow it must be in a stable state in a state of equilibrium everything functioning perfectly that is what homeostasis means in the same way your physical body can attain homeostasis you can actually also have spiritual homeostasis or mental homeostasis that means equilibrium balance and it is only under that condition that growth is possible right so the body has its own intelligence your body has its own intelligence. Your mind has its own intelligence. Your spirit has its own intelligence, right? Your body knows exactly the amount of things that you need. That is why anytime you eat food, you must defecate some. Because your body is going to process the quantity that it needs and throw away the rest. And this is actually very instructive. This teaches us that you don't need everything in life. And that you must develop highly complex systems to weed out the things that you don't need. Because your body, the same way our body teaches us that we don't need everything for growth. That's the same way your spirit doesn't need everything. Your mind doesn't need everything. Your emotion doesn't need everything for growth. Your, your, your body, spiritual and body, is supposed to have a way to filter out things it doesn't need. 
and a, and a body that is used to forcing itself to taking the things that it doesn't need will fall sick one day and that will you know stunt growth you know or, or delay growth or things like that right so we see that homeostasis right talks about the right environment for growth the right conditions for growth when all the parameters are right when all the variables are in place when this happens then growth can happen right so homeostasis is about the right environment for life to survive and to grow that means that there are for example there are certain there are certain organisms that cannot live in a very hot weather if you expose them to extremely hot temperatures they're going to die and then there are also, also other organisms that cannot survive in, a, in an extremely cold environment. They need the right environment to thrive, right? This tells you that a seed in the wrong environment will die. There is no logic about it, right? So the environment is right. In the same way, for you to grow spiritually, you need the right environment. For you to grow mentally, you need the right environment. Emotionally, you need the right environment. So this thing, we, for example, what we call salvation, what we call being saved, what is it? It simply means that we are translated from one environment to another environment. Now, the environment we are translated from is called the kingdom of darkness. And we are translated to another environment, which is the kingdom of light. Because no matter how powerful that seed is, it needs the kingdom of light. It needs the environment of light to thrive. You cannot thrive as light in the environment of darkness, as it were, right? So that means that the culture that you surround yourself with can choke the life inside of you. So environment is important for growth. That is the focus for today, having the right environment for growth. And then how you can measure that growth. Now, there are certain, there are certain uh, concepts, right, that I want to use to explain, you know, how the body maintains homeostasis or maintains balance or maintains equilibrium. And then I'm now using it to explain how, you know, how that those concepts also relate to your spirit and your soul and how that you need to partner with your spirit and soul and body to attain or achieve homeostasis because it's only in that condition of homeostasis, right, balance, equilibrium, that you can begin to grow, your life can begin to thrive and, you know, you become a better person, right? So let's look at temperature. So there are three concepts I want to use to explain homeostasis and how the body, you know, uses highly complex systems to regulate the body, to make sure that the body is in the right environment, you know. So the three are temperature, your blood glucose, and then hormones. And I'm going to now, you know, relate it to your spirit and your soul, right? So the body, in terms of temperature now, there is a stable temperature range required for a healthy life, right? So there's something called room temperature, there's something called your body temperature, right? So when you, you know, so that's why when you fall sick, for example, the first thing that we check is your temperature. Because that temperature is a signal that the internal environment is not healthy, it's not balanced, something is wrong. Right, so the body needs a particular range of temperature to be healthy for its systems to function fine. Because once your body gets into a temperature that is not the perfect range, it either gets ill or it dies. For example, there is a kind of temperature you'll be exposed to, you will, you will freeze to death and you die. There's another in, in, in temperature you'll be exposed to, you will burn and you will die. So, your body has systems that regulate temperature. 
right so naturally the bro- the body produces its own heat right whenever there is metabolic activity right and there are systems inside your body that ensures that that heat that it generates is regulated think about it like a thermostat right so when you have a thermostat at home when the temperature is, is too high it reduces the temperature when when the heat is when it's too hot it, re- it reduces it when it's too cold it increases the heat so it functions with a, it, it's it's an auto regulatory system Right, and that's also how the body functions. So, any relatively small change in temperature levels in your body, for example, can result in you becoming sick or you dying. So, that illness or death is an external confirmation that the internal environment is no longer stable, and that means that it's no longer healthy for life and growth to happen. Now, there's something I want you to keep remembering. They were talking about the environment that is suitable for life and growth. In terms of your physical health, remember that this month we're dealing with physical health also. In terms of your physical health, in in terms of your mental health, and in terms of your spiritual health, that is the right environment for growth to happen. And we are using the concept of homeostasis, that is balance or equilibrium or standing still, as it were, to explain the right environment, you know, for growth to happen. So if the body is too hot, for example, right, your body will send the information to the central nervous system. And once... Your body sends that signal to the central nervous system. You start sweating. So that sweating is simply your body trying to cool off by evaporating some sweat from your skin. So you see that that system is automatic. Once it's too hot, it sends signals and then you start sweating. So anytime you are sweating, is your body entering into survival mode to bring your body back into stable state. Because if that state is not stable, your life might begin to deteriorate. So you see the body doing that, right? So if the body also feels cold, the information is also sent to the central nervous system. And then in some cases, it forms goosebumps or you start to shiver, right? That's, that goosebumps or shivering, what, what it does, it produces heat to balance off the cold. So whenever the body gets into a, a state that, it, it, that is not healthy for its growth, it begins to regulate, it begins to regulate itself, right? It begins to regulate itself. That is how highly specialized the body system is. Now, in the same vein, just like your body has temperature and regulates it to stay within a stable state, right? Your spirit requires temperature, the right temperature. And that temperature is, is generated through prayer and meditation. So you need prayer and meditation to maintain the right temperature for your optimal functioning. That means that that is why in the absence of prayer, you will feel cold, you will feel hollow, you will feel dry, you will feel like you are in need of something. It will, all, it will sometimes feel like you have no meaning in life and there is no hope for the future. It almost feels like death. So you see that. So your spirit knows when it's not getting enough heat. So, what do you now do to regulate the temperature? That means you must have a consistent prayer life. You must have a consistent life of meditation. That is the way you maintain the right temperature. Because if you don't maintain the right temperature, you are going to be inviting agencies of death. For example, agencies of death for the physical body are those maybe viruses and bacteria. If your internal environment is not homeostatic, then 
those agencies of death can now have the right environment to function because for those viruses and bacteria to function it needs the right environment to function right so if your body is not in that state of equilibrium then those agencies of death will now begin to work in the same way if your spirit does not have the right temperature those agencies of death like envy jealousy bitterness will begin to creep into your heart and begin to kill your spiritual life so you see that the same way the body needs temp the right temperature your spirit needs the right temperature and how do you generate and maintain that temperature through prayer and meditation in the same vein also your mind now remember that this is about temperature it's about the right kind of heat the right kind of warmth needed to survive your spirit needs the a kind of warmth to survive your body needs a kind of warmth to survive in the same way your mind needs a kind of warmth your emotions need the kind of warmth to survive how do you create this warmth mentally or emotionally? So the mind or your soul requires positive human connections to maintain the right warmth for its optimal functioning. That is why when you are separated from people for a long time, you feel like you are dying. Yes, because the soul is also created for human relationships, for human connections. So in the absence of human connections, especially positive human connections, you feel exposed, you feel bare, you feel not protected, you feel alone in this world, and it almost feels like death. In the same way, when you have negative human connections, toxic ones, you also feel death because it is not the right balance of it. So the mind requires positive human connections to maintain warmth. So you see how that your spirit, soul, and body needs the right temperature. So you now ask yourself, what are the activities that I need to engage in to help my body, my physical body, my mind, and my spirit to maintain the right temperature? And I just mentioned some of it for you. Prayer, meditation, and positive human connections. That is why in toxic relationships, it feels like death. It feels like you are dying. It feels like something is dying. Because that is not the right environment for you to grow mentally and emotionally. Is this clear so far? I hope this is clear. Now, let's talk about the other concepts to explain homeostasis, the right environment for growth. That is your blood glucose. Now, this is very important. When I was studying it, you know, it struck a lot of things struck me here. Now, you know, your body. Now, remember, homeostasis is about your body trying to maintain the right environment. For example, okay, let me explain it like this because I, I sense that some people are not getting what I'm saying. You know, for you to make pap, in fact, if you can make pap, you are a star. <laughs> I don't know how, <laughs> you know, one time I tried to make pap about three times. I didn't get the right, the right um, consistency, the right, you know, thickness. I kept, the water will boil, 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 boil. But I'll pour it soon. So, so the same way, pap needs a particular temperature and a certain way of you know, pouring it for it to form properly. That's, that's what I mean. Your body needs a certain environment. Your life needs a certain environment to thrive. That is why if you're in a toxic relationship, in a toxic marriage where there's no love and care, you feel like you're dying. Something in you feels like you're dying. And then maybe when all of a sudden, maybe it gets better and things, it just feels as if a new hope just rushes over your system. That is because your life requires the right environment for growth in every single area. If you are in a job that is toxic, you feel like you are dying. You just want to live there. Because your, your system knows, your spiritual and body knows that this is not the right environment for me. Right? That's what we are trying to explain with homeostasis. Because growth has to do with seed and the right environment. And the focus for today is the right environment. So let's look at body glucose. 
right? So your, your body is also designed to maintain a steady blood glucose. There is a particular level that is required for you to be healthy, for you to grow, for your life to survive, for you to grow, right? Now, when your body now determines that that blood sugar level has risen to a dangerous level, what does it do? It activates a system called the, the pancreas and the pancreas releases insulin. And so what the insulin does, it lowers your blood sugar level, right? It lowers the sugar level. Right, so that this system happens all the time. So when you take excess sugar, if your pancreas is functioning fine, it will release insulin. Right? And then when it notices, so it has quality assurance systems. Once it, it, it keeps measuring and testing, measuring and testing, once it releases that insulin into the system and the sugar level is now balanced, it stops releasing insulin. It is automated. Very beautiful stuff. Right? That's for the blood sugar level. Right? So if the sugar level be, 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 becomes too low, which is not healthy, it, it makes the environment not healthy for growth. It affects your cells and things like that. Now, the body releases another one called glucagon. Glucagon is a kind of sugar, right? So, and it works with your liver to raise your sugar level to the right level. So, we see that the body is in a constant cycle of positive and negative feedback loop to stabilize the body. So, whenever your your body which is an environment notices a threat it triggers certain systems to balance it out why is it doing that because your body needs to be in the right temperature the right levels the right environment to for you to grow for you to be healthy for you to you know function in life right so what so what is diabetes in this case so diabetes is when your body can no longer maintain sugar levels from the inside that means that maybe your pancreas has been damaged or something happened to your system and then your body can no longer manage sugar levels. So diabetes, have, diabetes which, is, which is an illness, remember that I said that when the body is not in the right, is not, is not right, is not stable, does not have homeostatic balance, sicknesses enter. So this diabetes, which is a sickness, happens when your body can no longer maintain the, this level from the inside note from the inside as it was designed to right probably because the system was damaged and so what does it need now the body now needs external help to maintain it by injecting insulin but you see that your body was originally created to balance it from the inside right so let me let me quickly say this to help someone that um, depression is like is like diabetes remember remember that diabetes happens when the internal insulin generation system is no longer functional that means that your body can no longer maintain homeostasis from the inside and then diabetes enters so you now need external injection of insulin to maintain it so depression is like diabetes now man was naturally created to be sustained inside by joy by the joy of the lord but since, but if that system of joy is not serviced and there is a particular way that system of joy is serviced, if that system of joy is not serviced and it damages, we now depend on external entertainment and stimulation to stay happy. And then pursuing happiness is a sign of a damaged internal systems of joy. You are naturally designed to generate your own happiness. Rather, joy. You were originally designed to generate joy from within. 
external entertainment was never the goal so depression is like diabetes so depression happens when your the your internal system that releases joy whether in good times or trying times has been damaged and sometimes it is damaged by excessive indulgence in pleasure remember that i started by saying that um if if you if you have love for excessive spontaneity sensuality and indulging experiences you will not grow so you are designed to generate joy from the inside you are designed to generate joy from the inside so depression is like diabetes when you no longer have your that system of joy releasing joy into your system then you now depend on the pursuit of happiness right as a replacement as an external injection of joy into your system and which is not optimal so here we see something very very instructive that a certain lifestyle you embrace may damage your internal systems and make it unable for you to self-regulate spirit soul and body so when sin entered into the world it damaged the internal systems so man now had to seek god from the outside god could no longer dwell on his inside so man now invented religion so religion is like diabetes <laughs> It was not designed to be like that. It was not man supposed to, man, you know, using rituals to seek after God. God was supposed to dwell inside of man. So I'm classifying religion like diabetes and depression like diabetes. So this is very instructive. So listen to this, this is very important, right? Continuously doing or forcing into your body the things that it does not need. For example, substance abuse will damage the homeostatic balance to the point where those systems can no longer function and it may now leave you needing external intervention all your life so your body now depends on those external things to regulate so indulging in those things excessively damages your internal systems it damages your internal systems, both spirit, soul, and body. So there are certain things that we do that damages our internal systems. And our, our, our internal system, spirit, soul, and body can no longer self-regulate and maintain homeostatic balance for us to grow. And then we now depend on those external things. Some of them are vices. Some of them are habits. What happened there is that the system, right, that supplies you with the right dose of you know growth and health has been damaged so you now need external stimulation external intervention right for those things to be maintained for example going from one prayer house to another is a sign of an is a sign of damaged internal fellowship system and in some cases community relations systems because god designed that number one we have a system of fellowship remember that when i was talking about your spirit as a body fellowship is a is a function of your spirit that means your, your spirit was designed with a fellowship system so when that fellowship system is damaged you're not servicing it you now you'll not be going from one prayer house to another seeking for help and you'll be forsaking the gathering of believers right it's a sign of an in, a damaged internal system you're no longer in homeostatic balance and therefore you now need all those external stimulation to have a sense of you know a sense of meaning a sense of belonging a sense of help Another example is prostitution. Prostitution is an example of a damaged intimacy systems. You know, so you have a lot of, you have, for, I mentioned you have systems of joy, you have fellowship systems, you have intimacy systems, right? Someone who has become a full-fledged prostitute has damaged their internal intimacy systems. I will talk about this 
more you know another time so we see that some of the vices and the lifestyles we engage in are external representations of a damaged internal system and when the internal systems are damaged your body can no, no longer make your life can no longer be balanced it can no longer have equilibrium that's why me when i'm counseling people i don't concentrate on the actions i concentrate on the systems inside that are no longer functioning on the root cause and things like that because when you keep on treating the symptoms you will keep making the people that you make reach that's why for me i i I, that's why mentorship see if we have mentorship and coaching the right way people are going to live better and fuller lives and save a lot of money right yes we need sometimes we need all those recalibrations and all that but when your internal systems are damaged no 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 external help can fix you back right what you now need to do is to find a way to fix those internal systems so that you can now have you know a more balanced life right so this is why having a healthy spiritual mental and physical habits are very important right now it's not about being cool or being trendy or being rebellious because some of these things that we do that damages our internal systems right you know the same cool trendy and rebellious right you are actually damaging the same internal conditions that enable you to live a good life and you realize that some of the people who who indulge in most of these things they don't even have money to fly themselves to india for 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 example in the case of physical health they don't have money to fly themselves to india and they know that their parents don't have money and they are feeling like daredevils they want to rebel they want to explore they will soon explore your body in your upper left but it's not it's not for you people here you part different people <laughs> right but but you see that you know some of the things that we, we consider cool we are actually endangering ourselves at the end of the day right <clears throat> So it's like, you know, taking a knife, you know, and stabbing yourself and calling it cool and invoke. And I pray the Lord gives us understanding. So we see that some of the things we indulge in are damaging internal systems. And when we do it for long, right, that system may be damaged. And we may now need external help to keep your body in a homeostatic condition. Because growth cannot happen in your body. Growth cannot happen in your soul, in your mind, your emotions, in your spirit, if you do not have the right homeostatic balance. Right, so in the same vein, how does this, this blood glucose in the body apply to your mind and your spirit? In the same vein, right, your spirit needs the right dosage of glucose. How through study of the word and the meditation of God's word and spiritual materials, you need that spiritual glucose, as it were, right, that the word of God, study, and things like that to maintain the right word levels. Because if you don't, it's going to affect you in so many ways right your mind needs the right dose of knowledge and wisdom through study so that you can make the most out of your own life knowledge that cuts across relevant areas of your life those areas that you've identified as areas of growth you need blood glucose you need glucose in your mind in your spirit in your emotions you need to expose yourself to the right knowledge and synthesize them well right for you to have so that your you can your life can maintain balance for you to grow so if you damage your body, if you damage your soul, if you damage your spirit, you will actually damage the possibility of a full expression of your purpose. And in the same way, if you preserve your body, soul, and spirit, you actually preserve the possibility of the full expression of your purpose. So you see that preserving your spirit, soul, and body is actually important to growth and is actually important to living a meaningful life. 
Now, the last one I'm going to talk about is hormones. Hormones. Now, this is actually very important. You know, um, hormones are like personal assistants, right? They are like, sometimes they function as regulatory agencies. They are not the real deal, you know, because a lot of people may think that those hormones or those feelings are actually the real deal, but they are not the real deal. They are simply assistants and they're like regulatory agencies, right? So sometimes those hormones, hormones regulate your sugar levels. Hormones also assist in reproductive process. It is also hormones that regulate your sleep cycles. That is why you get cranky when you don't get enough sleep. Cranky is not your personality. You just need more sleep and you know learn how to manage your body better right cranky is not a personality it's just a sign that something inside you is not correct so if you now see someone who is perpetually cranky it shows that you know a system is damaged and if we can fix that system you see that they are better so we see that that's the function of those hormones hormones are not there to help you make decisions they are just simply there to assist certain processes in your body right in the same way as it were you also have spiritual hormones as it were or mental hormones and i'll talk about it very soon uh, so now, let me give an example of where hormones play a role in your body for example the birthing process when it's time to give birth right so what happens when you say a woman is in labor what's what simply happens in that case is that you know there is pressure the, the baby's head now begins to produce pressure against the cervix it's like the baby is pushing to come out so so that pressure this pressure that pressure that the baby's head produces on the cervix now release results in the release of a hormone called oxytocin now what that hormone does is so it signal that pressure signals the hormone and it is released and so what the hormone now does is it now begins to produce contractions so that thing that you see as contraction in a woman is actually caused by a hormone because it's there to aid, you know, that process that is about to happen, right? So those that that contractions now signals to the body that it needs to remove something from the body, right? So after the baby comes out and the placenta is removed, right? So what now happens is that the body balances back and then there is a reduction of that oxytocin in the blood. So the, the body now attains homeostasis. So what that tells is that at the process of betting, the body is not in homeostasis. The body is imbalanced, right? So it sends signal to the body, remove this thing so that your body can go back to normal stance. So you see that those hormones in your body aid certain processes. There are signals to tell you that there's something you're supposed to do now. And once you do that, everything will go back into balance. That is what hormones are, the role hormones are supposed to play. The feeling itself is not the truth. It is just there to assist a particular process. So at high at very high hormonal levels, your internal environment is not in its ideal state. It's not balanced. Let me say it again. At high hormonal levels, your internal environment is not in its ideal state. It's not balanced. That is why we are advised not to make decisions at extreme emotional states, especially decisions about life and decisions about love. The best time to make a decision is when you are stable, when you have homeostatic balance in your mind in your body and in your spirit remember that i said that growth is actually boring consistent when you mean and it's silence is that stillness is in that place of stillness that you can make the right decision so homeostatic balance spiritually mentally and physically right is what you need to attain to make the right decisions i'm trying to also apply this to your life generally right 
So this is why, you know, being surrounded by, a, 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 by counselors and mentors are important because in those high emotional states, you may not make the right decisions. You may even sabotage yourself because you think that the feeling is the real deal. But no, the feeling is a signal that something needs to be done. So if you don't know this, you now be judging your life based on that emotion or judging the, the case based on that emotion, right? So the, the best parts of your life, right, is not when you are excited. Those, those are not the best parts of your life. The best part of your life in terms of growth and balance is when you are still, when your body is still, when your body is at homeostasis, when your body is at equilibrium, when there is order in your life, that is the best part of your life. People think that their lives is when they have all those stimulations, those exciting stimulations. Those are, those are just extremes. But when your life is at its best is when you have balance, right? If you do not know this, it means that you might have made some funny decisions that you may regret later, right? But the best time to make a decision is at a very neutral emotional state. So, for example, the issue of love. See, love that is not love that is not still love at that homeostatic balance is mere inf infatuation. So, for example, you might be excited about something about someone. Maybe you see them, they are tall, dark, and handsome, or maybe she's this, that, and curvy, and whatever, and you get excited. Hormones are released, Jesus, and your mind tells you, I love this person. It's a lie. Love that is not love after the whole thing has died down is not love is mere infatuation so the only time you can judge love is when the feelings disappear that is why you hear things like love starts when the feelings end is actually a very true stay saying and it is also applicable to your body so if you now base your relationship decisions on an infatuation that was created by a, an emotional state that was just a signal to tell you that you saw something that you you considered your preference not that the person is someone you should you know get intimate with if you judge it wrongly it might lead to dissatisfaction later when you realize that you didn't really love the person you were just infatuated with the person so we see that you know to maintain homeostatic balance there must be a balance of emotions in our body there, there, there also needs to be balance of emotions in, in the mind and, of course, sp the balance of spiritual hormones. And I'm going to talk about it, right? So, so, if, so, so in terms of that love, if you don't love them when life seems still, when life seems dull, when life seems uneventful, when life is just there, please never claim love. Because love is love after the feelings end, Right? So humans are, you know, we are prone to getting addicted to extreme hormonal and emotional states, you know, and we call it living best lives and things like that. That is not life. That is not the condition under, under which growth can happen. Now, those can happen at short moments of pleasure, but that is not the condition under which you can grow. So if you live under constant stimulation, you cannot really grow. Because your body is not, your system is not in balance. And the only time you can grow is when your system is in balance. So life cannot even survive and grow at such extremities. It's just like, you know, the planet being too hot. Life cannot survive there or the planet being too cold. Life cannot survive there. There has to be balance. So you find out that in extreme regions, you see that human beings, they are more adapted for the condition because the body is also created to adapt to certain conditions and all that. And when it is prolonged for a long time, it becomes the norm. 
right? So life and love and growth is best judged as healthy when there is order and balance. What's the point here? When there is order and balance, that is the only time you can even begin to measure growth, right? It is in those still moments that you can measure growth, that you can talk about growth, that you can say that you are growing, right? Maybe that's even why God said something like, stand still and know that I am God, because it's that moment of homeostatic, spiritual homeostasis that you acquire real knowledge. So real knowledge is found in the place of stillness, in the place of homeostatic balance. Now, let me say this. Stillness is not stagnancy, right? Stillness is a sign that all systems are functioning fine and in concert, right? Stagnancy is a, is a sign that all systems are broken and there is, there is no more growth because the environment is bad, right? So in the same vein, right, your spiritual intuition and your discernment is its hormonal system that regulates activities in your space. That is why when you get those spiritual signals that you need to pray, or that you need to call someone, or that you, you need to you need to give give to someone, right? What will preserve their life? When you now respond to that discernment and intuition, right? Once you now carry out that activity, you now realize that that spiritual hormones now die down. For example, if you get a tingly sixth sense feeling that you need to pray, once you pray and something happens in the realm of the spirit, your system now goes back into place. What happens is that that spiritual hormone, as it were, came to inform you that there's something that you need to do now. There's something that you need to get 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 done. There's something that you need to get off your system or there's something that you need to do to avert something, right? Those things are systems that help you maintain balance because... Let me put it this way. Maybe your spirit is sensing danger, right? And that danger is going to affect your life and your growth. It's going to affect the environment, your spiritual environment. So that those hormones are released in, term, in terms of intuition and discernment. And, it, you know, you feel the need to maybe go out of that place. Maybe some people enter into your spirit. You just feel the need to go out. And once you respond, you now feel that your spirit, you now see that your spirit goes back into its normal state. What now happens in that state is that something that was about to threaten your life entered the space and it released hormones so that you, you engage in an activity that will put you back in balance because it's about life, it's about survival, it's about growth. So you see how that, you know, the spirit, soul and body has systems that helps it maintain growth. So that intuition, for example, when you have, when the wrong person or when the right person enters your life, that signal to run or that signal to stay is made possible when you attain spiritual homeostatic balance. So when your systems are functioning fine, then those things can happen to preserve your life and your growth. So we see that the envir- as long as the environment is functioning fine, then you can see that growth is happening. For example, that pull in your conscience when you do or say something wrong, that is a sign of health. That is your, your spiritual system trying to get back into homeostatic balance because you just did or said something that upsets the balance. So your conscience pricks you and then maybe when you make amends, it now goes back into. So you see that, you know, these things, you know, help us maintain homeostatic balance, these things and all that, right? For example, mental anxiety or anxiety is it's a sign of, you know, spiritual or mental imbalance and things like that. So we see how that the environment, the regulation of the environment is important for life and growth. In the same way that hanging around the wrong people can affect your your life balance and it can affect your life and it can affect your growth. So as we round up, well, there's still a lot to cover, right? but as we round up, so how do we measure growth? 
how do we measure growth? Number one, you need to know this, that a homeostatic environment is the right context for the measurement of growth. You can only measure growth when there is balance attained. Are you seeing this? So a place of stillness, a, sp- a place of spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, financial, career, relational stability is how you can begin to what measure your growth. And growth can be measured in a place of absolute balance, right? Because growth brings balance by making sure that the proportions are right, making sure that the environment are right. So we can say that we are growing as our lives become more functional, as our lives become more orderly, and our lives become more balanced. That is how you can begin to measure your growth. So the question is, what does this order look like? Now, first of all, I believe that the most basic substructure of life are prayer and study. Without it, your life will be chaotic. It will be highly disorganized. And, you know, human beings are designed to function from a balanced center. And at the center of that life is spiritual life. That's why I believe that prayer and studies are the substructure, right? So, and spiritual life starts with spiritual seed and is sustained by spiritual activity of which prayer and study are the most basic. So we see, for example, in Genesis 1, you know, Genesis 1 shows us that the beginning of, that at the beginning of life, and growth on earth you know god brought order and structure to created life and you know this is very instructive because it shows us that nothing reasonable grows without order and structure i hope you're getting something from this so life exists on a mathem- on the mathematical precision of order and balance life is precise there must be balance so a truly balanced life doesn't entertain or need everything right if you find yourself needing everything there is an internal imbalance right so there are things few things that are necessary for your life and you can actually measure them this is where we talk about the concept of peace as shalom right you know shalom is everything uh, how william barclay defines it right Uh, peace does not necessarily mean quiet peace shalom means everything which makes for a human being's highest good Right, everything which is calculated to make him or her a human in the highest sense of the term human, and one of the persons who achieved that highest highest sense of the term human was Jesus. Right, so when we look at him, we see a perfect example. So everything which is calculated to make your life truly worth living is what is peace, and that is what you actually need, you know, to live a balanced life. So we see in Genesis 1 from verse 1 to 4, you know, a particular interesting term that I've talked about before here. And that is, after God created, he said it was good. That it was good there simply means that it, it, it is functional in, a, a, in accordance to the original design. Right? So when you say order, it simply means, you know, the, the determination of the function of a thing. So that means that when something is orderly, is when that thing is functioning according to its original design. Right, so to say that growth is taking place, there must be order in your life. It implies that you are designed to function in a particular fashion, right? And to measure growth, we must look at the design and the original function of man within the broader context of God's purpose, right? So, to simplify it and to round up, man was originally designed to be a vessel or a channel that was to carry and express a seed. So, man was created as an environment. And that seed is God's spirit. And so man is a tabernacle, man is a house, right? His human spirit is to provide accommodation for God himself to dwell inside. So that means that we measure man's spiritual growth by the presence of God inside of him. Do you see this? So, for example, his body now is to provide accommodation for his soul and his spirit. 
and the reason is you know you need to you need that body to relate with this material earth and other human beings and to express that life and intelligence of god's spirit on your inside on this earth right so the body must grow to develop the functions that will enable it to express you know those things on the inside for example the ability to think and the ability to communicate effectively so for example when you begin to learn how to think effectively and communicate effectively you are also growing these are parameters right and then your soul you know is the link between your spirit and your body right it's supposed to cooperate with the spirit to lead the body and not vice versa right so it, it, these things i've just mentioned will help you judge if you are growing right so finally Every seed needs a homeostatic environment to thrive, a balanced environment to thrive. And to achieve homeostasis and therefore growth, you need to commit to the following activities. So write these things down, right? In order to grow and to be able to measure your growth within the broad categories that I mentioned, there are certain activities that you need to start engaging in, right, for you to now grow. Because it is those things that will now become markers for your growth right parameters for your growth how you now say okay i'm growing in this area okay i'm doing this i'm doing this okay i'm growing right so number one is embrace prayer embrace study and embrace meditation as a lifestyle number one embrace prayer embrace study and embrace meditation as a lifestyle number two build positive human connections and build relationships meaningfully build positive human connections and build relationships meaningfully so you can judge yourself you can judge your growth growth by asking yourself have i been praying have i been studying have i been meditating what has been its effect in my life how has it affected my life how has it affected my career and things like that so you see you take that that activity and turn it into a parameter for judging your growth Number two, you build positive human connections and build a meaningful relationship. So you ask yourself in the last one, two years, how many meaningful relationships have I built? And how has it made me a better person? So you see how that as you engage in these activities, you can use it to judge your growth or to measure your growth. Number three, go for knowledge that is relevant to your pursuits like career, financial freedom, marriage, family life, business, leadership and the like right so you can you can now begin to measure your growth and ask yourself okay how 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 have i grown in my career have i moved from one level to the another do i have better pay do i have more responsibilities you know do i have more financial freedom can i afford my basic needs you know my marriage and family was it like you know my business leadership and things like that so you use those things as you engage in those activities you use those, those things to measure your growth number four you cultivate spiritual discernment very important very important in these days that we live in cultivate spiritual discernment you now check the decisions you've made and check if you apply discernment in those decisions now there's something i, I usually say you know I, I try to practice right to make a decision i give myself a minimum three days wait period or maximum till i get a decision to like get a, a move in my spirit so there are certain things that may be coming at me with speed i'll just delay it i can't be bothered i'll just delay it and test that thing if it's the right thing for me to do right so once i get the go ahead i just go ahead with it so you must cultivate spiritual discernment and one of the ways you can cultivate spiritual discernment is to delay your decisions delay the decisions and pray about it right study the word pray about it and before you make such decisions don't be in a hurry to jump into decisions cultivate spiritual discernment because it will save you from the wrong people it will save you from the wrong jobs the wrong spouse the wrong business deals it will save you a whole lot of problem so you can judge your growth by how much spiritual discernment you have cultivated 
Number five, protect your conscience. Protect your conscience. You can judge your group by how much, how sensitive is your conscience. Do you get less and less insensitive to evil things if you do bad things and evil things? Does your conscience keep judging you? Do you get to a point where you do something bad and your conscience no longer judges you? If that is the case, then you need to reawaken your conscience. Protect your conscience because it will save you from a lot of bad actions, right? So you can use that to also measure, measure your growth. Number six, learn the laws of life and the rules of engagement in different areas. Learn the laws of life. It will save you from a lot of problems. Number seven, decide to live a life of service to God and to people and be less self-absorbed. So you can measure your growth by how much do I serve people? How much am I willing to serve people? How much do I give back to community? How, how less self-absorbed am I, right? Do I always think about myself or do I spend time thinking about people and how I can add value to them, right? You service the center of your life. You can use that to measure your growth. Number eight, eat the right food. Take care of your body. Without your body, your spirit can be on this earth. Right, you can also judge your growth by how much, uh, how much, how many times you fall sick in a year. You know, you know how your sleeping patterns are they healthy? Do you eat the right food and things like that? You can also use it to measure your growth. Right, number nine, don't waste your energies. Don't waste your energies. Learn sexual discipline. Learn sexual discipline. And the funny thing is, <laughs> even as a married couple, you also need sexual discipline. People think that when they marry, they can. Woo! that same sexual discipline you cultivated in your single days is the same sexual discipline you need in your marriage because you will still you will still see people that you might be attracted to you the devil might tempt you with lust you might be having a problem with your spouse and your neighbor becomes very attractive you know these things happen is the sexual discipline you learn now that will sustain you even when you reach that top and things like that so don't don't waste your energy Learn sexual discipline. Wait until you marry the person you marry so that you can invest that energy in them, right? That's the safer system to disperse such energies. And even sometimes as couples, you need to take a break because if you love honey and you eat it too much, it might put you one day. Amen. <clears throat> so be disciplined with your time and don't binge on bad habits. Don't binge on bad habits. Be disciplined with your time. Check how much you follow your to-do list and things like that. That's how to also measure your growth. You can measure it as against last year. You know, how well did you do as compared to this year, right? Have accountability structures. It will save you from a lot of errors. A lot of you are too proud. And no, you're not proud in Jesus' name. Nobody here is proud in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but don't be proud, right? Just invest in mentors and coaches and things like that. I have mentors. I have coaches. I surround myself with them. If I see someone who, is, so I have three major people that I answer to, right? So there are people that if you, if they come in and say, Gerald, sit down, shut up. I will sit down and shut up. If you don't have people like that in your life, you are a danger to anybody you meet. You are a danger to anybody you meet. You are a danger. Imagine marrying a man who doesn't have people that can call them to order. Imagine marrying a woman that nobody can call them to order. You are in for hell. The Bible says that it's better to live on the roof rooftop than with a gun for it gun look for the scripture <laughs> i think the, the bible also says something about a contentious wife and an angry man he said it's better to live at the root rooftop than in the house with a contentious wife and he said something about you know um if you have an angry man 
the best thing the best way to treat their anger is to abandon them in the wilderness to think about their life right so you need to so you need to make sure that you connect with people who have accountability structures also have accountability structures it will save you because human beings can hmm, amen right so 11 develop emotional intelligence emotional intelligence will be one of our courses from next year for this community emotional intelligence develop the, the right emotional develop emotional intelligence and the right attitude towards life and other people so you can measure your growth by how much emotional intelligence you have you know on a daily basis and how much you know you've refined your attitude you know and then number two of leave a legacy of service not a legacy of greed judge yourself by how much of service you give to people all the wealth you are amassing you just use it to live a fast life and if you notice in all these things i've not mentioned money I've not mentioned money and it's intentional because yeah, money is a metric for growth. If you, if you use it rightly, right. But being excessively, but being excessively, what's the word? Being excessively or inordinately passionate about money can land in a lot of troubles, right? There is a right passion for money. Money is not bad. In fact, it helps. It solves a lot of problems. Right, but you see that money can be a metric for growth, but it is not the it is it's a means to an end, not an end in itself, right? So because if you make money your God, it will plague your soul one day. So you can use the above mentioned the aforementioned things as markers for your growth. There are activities for your growth and also markers for your growth. Right? Finally, measure all your relationships, measure your growth by what? Your relationship with God and your relationship with men, which is the whole point of life. Remember that I said that what the essence of life is growth the essence of growth is expression the, ex- the essence of expression is service the essence of service is glory to god goodwill towards men and value contribution to society that is our creed in this community right so measure your life your your growth by your relationship with god how much is your relationship with god growing and how much you know how mu- how much better are you in relating with people in your life because at the end of the day life is about relationships the true measure of growth is relationships. How are you relating with people? Your career is about people. Your finances is about people. Leadership is about people. Your business is about people. Financial freedom is about people. Marriage and family is about people. There is no, there is no enterprise in this life that is not about people. So you realize that growing in relationship or in relationship knowledge or growing in, in the right attitude for relationship is actually a true measure of growth. That is why the Bible says, for example, that the whole summary of the law and the prophets is two things. Love God, love people. So you can actually judge your life by how good you are in relating with people. Right? So with all these things that you do, if you do them, you, you would have the right environment within which you can now grow spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, and of course, physically. Right? So I hope you've learned. So from next week, we'll continue with, with our series. So I hope you've learned something. As our custom is, once you are done learning, summarize your learnings. It is not, it is not um, a suggestion. So summarize your learnings and post it on the group. The reason is because those who may, may not have had the opportunity to learn can learn one or two things from your summaries. Right? Always summarize them. That's why you should always take notes summarize your learnings post it on that group 
and I want to see it, right? And of course, um, we we'll also learn. So next week, like I said, next week is a special session. We're not going to be having our session on Mix LR. We're going to be having it on Google Meet. Everybody is going to be answering a question, and that question is, how has your growth experience been since 2022 started? And especially, how has Conquering Degrees, you know, helped you in terms of growth? If it has not helped you, don't pretend. Say it has not helped you. Maybe you've been helping yourself in other ways, right? So, because we want to use the opportunity to share with ourselves and see how we can improve and things like that. So, next week is going to be a forum session. Everybody is going to participate. It's going to be a, a Google me meeting. We're going to be answering the question, what has your growth experience mean? I mean, try and summarize everything that you've learned in two minutes. Document your points, document your bullet points so that you can teach people. Because in sharing your growth experience, you can teach somebody something they need to know. Or someone can learn from your experience and things like that. So that's what we're going to do next week. And then the upper week, we'll start the, the new sub-series or sub-lesson. Sorry, Laws of Mental Transformation. We'll do it for two Saturdays, and then we do growing wealth for two Saturdays, and then we'll now do physical health for another two Saturdays, right? While we round up the quarter, right? So thank you guys very much. I hope you learned something. Let me know on the group what you learned and if it was beneficial to you, right? Have a beautiful night rest. I'll see you next time. Ha ha ha.
is an overflow, an overflow in me, there is a well deep, deeper than the oceans, aha, shipa katusha kataya katalafi katendenegedesta, oh I am drenched, I am drenched by the rain of the spirit, hallelujah, for with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to these people, to whom he said, this is the